You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. It's to reach out to those who do not yet know God. Purpose and mission. And sometimes they're kind of the same thing. Amen? But they're never apart. You can never, you can never separate that. You can't say, I love God, but I, I, I don't reach out to people. Or we got to reach out to people when we neglect our relationship with God. I think both are needed. Both are special. In Scripture, sometimes it's the same thing. But you can never have them separate. Amen? God says, how can you, you know, hate your brother and love God? No, no, that doesn't work. They're always together. Jesus was asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Love God. He wasn't asked what the second is, but you can't separate them. <coughs> we got to transition here with our mission. Our purpose is to love God, but our mission is to reach out to others. In Luke chapter 5, let's go ahead and read the calling of Simon. Verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake, and this is one of the privileges of going back to Spanish ministry, I mean, or, you know, to that language, is that now I can read these confusing for me uh, words in the Bible of cities and places in Spanish. So, the lake of Kenesaret. Like, now I can say it in Spanish. Uh, the English pronunciation, some of these words are still a battle, and I know I'm not alone. It says, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of them, but one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked them, to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from beginning. Jesus shows up and a large crowd around him shows up and Jesus begins to teach the word, to preach the word. But it was too crowded. And I love how Jesus just problem solves without asking permission. Right? Jesus problem solves in our lives without really asking our permission. And the solution to that problem was, let me get away from all the crowd here, but still teach them. So I'm going to get on the boat, draw a little away from shore, so that the sound, you know, the water helps amplify the sound. <laughs> the sound system right there in the New Testament. And so uh, he's able to address all of the people. So there's two boats right there. He had to choose one. And he chose Simon. So the question we have to ask, is that a random choice? Or is that an intentional deliberate choice. Your transition, is it random? Or is there a plan that God has for you? In you. During this time of transition. Maybe it's a difficult time. Maybe you're grieving. God. Maybe it's a, an encouraging transition. You've been waiting for this to happen. Amen? So there's all kinds of different transitions. But we see Jesus choosing Simon both. He didn't ask for permission. And then he starts bossing Simon around without asking for permission. Every sure, Jesus. And so Simon has to get on the boat, go away from shore. And then Jesus, what does he do? He sits down and 
and begins to preach. And I don't know how long that sermon was. But it's Jesus, so I'm sure he can hold a large crowd for a very long time. And where's Simon? Simon's in the boat. He has to listen to a sermon he wasn't ready to hear. That ever happened to you? Like, uh, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I'm not ready. So we're saying, you can sing one more song. <laughs> but Jesus is moving on. He shows that shows that consistency. He shows that uh, in your transition, God is with you. God has chosen you and he wants to walk you through this transition. Whether it's uh, a really encouraging transition or whether it's a really confusing transition. Are you with me? God, Jesus chooses Simon Boat. Let's look at another point right here. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the This was early in the morning. And where was Simon the night before? Out in the deep, trying to fish. He shows up back to shore. And they're cleaning their nest. They're probably upset. They're probably frustrated. Nothing really worked out. We didn't catch anything. That was a waste of time. That was a time, waste of resources. I'm going to go home, have breakfast, and fall asleep for like five hours. That's probably what he was thinking, something along those lines, right? But Jesus shows up. Now he has to wait till Jesus finishes his sermon. When Jesus finishes his sermon, Simon is likely thinking, Finally, let's go back to shore, and now we, I can go home without my day. But Jesus, without asking for permission, says, hey, let's go deep. In our transition, I believe that God will often call us to go deep. Deep in our relationship with Him. Deep in our bodies. Deep in our friendship. Deep. God in our transition to go deep. And it's interesting that Jesus could have had this great conversation with Simon there, but he chose to add, you know, something cool to it. You enjoy when God calls you deep. Because Simon's not enjoying it. He wants to go home. Well, and he's polite enough. Say, you know, well, we did this already. We can't anything. But because it's you, we'll go. And you think he went like, maybe we're not going to No, he's probably thinking, all right, let's just do what we got to do. He's just going along, he's just going along with whatever is planned. There are some plans to your transition. There's some structures to the transition. But don't just go along. Because remember who's with you. Jesus is with you. He wants to do great things. For some of us, the thing that we got to do is probably do exactly what we did last time, except with more faith. But we're like, oh, that didn't work. But Jesus calls you to do 
God's servant. Then let's go. Let's go deep. I want to show you something. Amen? Let's keep reading. Verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their net in hand to break. So they singled their partners on the, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, You are Jesus, the Son of God. No. What did he say? Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had. We got to cast away the fear. We got to cast away the excuses in our decisions. Why? Because God is with us. And God is calling us deep. But in deep, in the deep waters, God does things. Sometimes a little difficult, sometimes really smooth and cool little blessings. But he does things in our lives, in our hearts, and he calls them things so that, so that certain things in us can just come out, and, and they can come out in a really ugly way. Simon saw this. He's a, he's a professional fisherman. He, he knows how it feels when there's a catch of that pool. And he probably never knew this kind of force. Whoa! And then the, the boat begins to sink. That's new. That's never happened. And they're so, they're deep water, right? They're beginning to sink. And what does Simon do? He sings his partner. He probably whistled, waved his arms, yelled. Obviously, didn't send a text. But when we go deep, God takes things that don't belong in us out. And he forces us to pass. It reveals to us who really is with us. And it forces us to ask for help. What if Simon had a little prideful moment? You think Jesus would have been, are you going to ask for help? Or raise the boat? I, I don't know. But the boat's sinking with Jesus in it. So Jesus is like, all right, I can fill the water in my toes. But it's interesting. That Jesus didn't say, don't worry, I got this. This is part of the plan. This is what I'm going to do. But it's just for Simon to mature, to grow, to humble out, ask for help. And sometimes we don't enjoy going deep because we have to ask for help. And we don't want to ask for help because we don't know what to say, how to verbalize that help or you kind of don't have a whole lot of hope and faith in the brothers and the sisters that may help you out because, you know, last year you did that and that didn't work out. But remember, the night before, things didn't work out either. And 
what's that state? Simon's life! Or the catch to commit a lot of money right here. We gotta humble out. We gotta ask. We gotta ask for help. We gotta cast away the excuses. We gotta cast away the fears and signal our brothers and sisters for help. Asking for help is being faithful. Is being humble. Uh, amen? We served in the team ministry for 12 years. And one of the things that we noticed that was always important is when parents ask for help. And they close the doors of their heart, close their minds and label situations or fears, what I, I, people would view their family if they totally asked for help. They called in a Martin Luther King when younger to get input from us. Who are we to get in? But we became part of the team. We became part of the family. We can have problem solved together. And we begin a friendship where there we can have the confidence as a younger couple to say what needs to be said to the parents in a very respectful way. But a lot of times the adjustment is to parents. Parents can tell you. It's not necessarily easy. So we got to signal for help, man. Raising teenagers, man, that, 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 that's going deep. Yeah. That's going deep right there. Being newlywed, that's, you know, man, I got, well, I, I, I knew it was selfish, you know. But now I really know. <laughs> so we need, we need help. we got to pass away those things, man. How do you feel about this? Simon asking Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that, like, odd? But then I think about, how many times do I do that? Where I see a miracle, I feel a calling, I see a need, and I actually want God out of my life for that moment. Not completely. But see, in our transitions, we got to understand there is a mission. And sometimes we want a great transition, but we don't want the missionary with us. We don't want to go deeper. We want the blessings, but we don't want the responsibilities that come with the blessings. People are looking for God all around. We can't expect to have great transition and neglect the people around us. Because then we're saying to Jesus, I know what you want from them, so get away from me. I'm not going to think about that right now. I'm just going to see that part out. Are you with me, Eric? I'm describing my first day of school, or my first week of school in kindergarten. I'm thinking like, man, I want to reach out to these people. How am I you, know, you should start going through your mind, having all these fears and insecurities. But I can easily put Jesus, sorry, I'm about to drop off my kids. Jesus, stay in the car. I know how you can mess things up and make a comfortable situation in my life. Keep your ready going. Are you with me right here? Yeah. Let's take the missionaries with us. And so the last point here. Let's finish reading. Verse 10. And so are James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now, 
on, you will catch nets. So they pulled their nets, their, their boats up to, on shore, left everything, and followed. I love this about Jesus. He didn't even respond to Simon. He had him be taking him out of the boat in deep water. Like, where do you want me to come? You're taking me out of the deep water. Jesus didn't even respond to that. He responded to the spiritual need. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch. Yes, you. Fearful, false humility guy. Tired guy. Didn't want to listen to my sermon earlier. You. My Christian. Why? Because from the very beginning, God knew all Simon's heart. And he still chose that boat. And he still chose that person to take a boat ride. And he chose that person to display his power. Despite of what that Simon's opinions or spiritual condition was, Jesus chose him. What's your transition? But more importantly, what is God? for you and for those around you during your transition. So we conclude with this, obey but call. Can you imagine what Simon felt the boat ride back to shore? He's probably kind of tossed. But when he lands and his feet touch sand, he leaves everything to he obeys what Paul his purpose follows his mission to make Christians, to make disciples. Amen? Amen. And so for us, I want to encourage us that our transition has a mission. Amen? And in that transition, we have we have to understand that we're chosen, that God is with us. Amen? Uh, that we got to go deep and be okay with that uh, because it forces us to our, in our relationship with God to go deeper. we got to cast away the excuses and we got to signal for help and we have to obey the call. God knows everything about us. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing that we conceal, conceal from Him. And yet, He wants a relationship with us. What is that? Of course, we can go deep. Of course, we can cast away and get humble and cast out. Of course, we can obey the call because our God is good, our God is faithful, our God is compassionate. Amen? Yes. Your transition has a mission. God is with us in that mission. Let's say a prayer and take communion. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you call upon you, bring everything up for us. Father, who are we that we can call upon you? Father, and, and yet so many times we can shy back from trusting you, from obeying you, from allowing you to lead us to deep waters. I pray, Father, that we can surrender to you. And our example is Jesus surrendering to the cross. Now that's deep. Enduring the pain, enduring, uh, Father, the, 
the, the, the, the, the false accusations, the insults, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual torture for us. Thank you that you went deep for us and that your love for us is deep. I pray that our fears, our doubts, our insecurities are packed out and that we can trust you. We can be humble. Just as you were humble, uh, Father, in the garden of Gethsemane, you signaled for help. You said, come and pray with me, setting us an example of humility. Father, when we pray, we can obey the call and rejoice in our purpose, be faithful in our mission. Father, we take communion together to remember your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.